given some feedback uh, on regarding some small group uh, class discussion Bible studies. So um, another thing when when dealing with a group of people that um, when you're doing prayers and testimonies, this is another tip where you'll get more feedback is um, leaders go first. So you can start off with a testimony, but let it be short. Let it be really short. Because well, yours was pretty long. I mean, think about it. We started five minutes. Uh, prayer and testimonies was fifteen minutes. We started five minutes late. Yours testimony took up maybe close to five minutes, not entirely close to it, and it left how long for them to share? Like they should be having majority of that time to participate and share and, and have different stuff together. Right. So here's another thing. Asking the question, does anyone have a prayer or a testimony? That's good. But don't let that be your only question. And here's why. I would encourage you to ask the same thing worded a little differently. Mix it up. Like, uh, say, does anyone have any testimonies? And then like, Ask a question followed by silence. Embrace the silence. Usually, the longer the silence, the more thoughtful the response. But in this case, also think think about your audience. Put yourself in their position, in their shoes. A lot of people were there for the first time. Some people were thinking, well, I don't know what's appropriate here. I don't know what's not. They're a little confused because we're 10 minutes late. So now there's that, un- there's that trust, that initial uncertainty that has just been like broken um, in that... Uh, in that first five minutes so now they're trying to like gather themselves but they're wondering like and you notice maybe like three times in the meeting people are like I'm struggling from unmuting my like how do I unmute myself they didn't know how do I how do I mute myself I don't know how do I get back to the the page or the verse or the or the scripture so you have to keep in mind when you call upon people know your audience know who you're talking to and know their difficulties and their struggles as much as you can and you're the small group leader so you can you have some hints that you could discern and pick up on some people and others you don't really know much of anything about them but pray that God gives you the perceptive perception the per, yes the perceptive abilities to pick up on some of these things because um, he will like I didn't have those either but um, that's one thing to consider and also um Yes, so during prayer and testimonies, just be like, what great things has God done for you? Who would like to praise the Lord about something? What has the Lord blessed you with today? What are you grateful for? You see how you're saying the same thing worded a little differently? Mm -hmm. It's like, who has a prayer request? Is there a family that's hurting? Is there a stressor in your life? Is there something you're grateful for that you want to thank God? Like, you see, you're giving people ideas. But if you just ask, like, what you did was, does anyone have any prayer or testimonies? That's a great question. But then you're like, anyone? No one? No, no one has a prayer or testimony? Uh, d- does anyone have a prayer or testimony? You kept repeating the same question. And I would just encourage you to use variety. Because I did. I said, God hasn't done anything in your life? Oh, yeah. That's kind of offensive. Uh, that's a little like abrupt um, make it easy make it smooth be, be like 
not not abrasive, but be like smooth when you talk act, to ask them. Like assume the self. When Paul was speaking to Agrippa, he's like, "I know that thou believest." Get, assume the best. Give them the benefit of the doubt and say, "Like, I know God has worked in your life. What has He done? Tell us. I'm excited to hear from you. Make them feel welcome, loved, invited, and just know that if one person shares." It's going to create momentum and more people will share. Another thing with engagement is if you speak, if you ask a question and some brave soul raises their hand, a lot of times while they're speaking, someone else is like, oh, someone else in the audience, one of us, they spoke. So now there's that social proof where they're going to want to, they're going to want to share too. And, um... But a lot of times, like I noticed what you did is as soon as someone ended, you started talking. Like there was a short break and you were relating, you were sharing something, you're like, oh yeah, that was, and then you'd start talking. But what that does for others is it makes it, it makes More it. More of a classroom than a discussion though. I don't know. My view of a classroom is a little different, but um, the, um, I like being conversational with my classrooms, but the um, it makes it where like even if someone was about to share something they're waiting for a break many people who have something to say are waiting for a pause and it takes their mind a while to register oh the person stopped talking and then thinking like should I say it should I say it should I say it and they're like okay and then they unmute and then they hope they're seen and by the time they're unmute they've already gone through this large process and if you don't hear the sound of the unmute it's going to be hard for you to recognize them or if you keep talking, the moment you keep talking, they're going to mute themselves quickly. Because they got their finger on the trigger and they're ready to pull it. And they're like, I unmuted myself. And then they're just like waiting for you to call upon them. You know, some people are more timid than others. But get like understand what they're going through and their experience. And you'll get more people to engage. If, if like someone shares a testimony and instead of like immediately jumping, you're like, who else would like to share? But be like, thank you, praise the Lord, I appreciate that. Who else has something that they'd like to bless us with? See what I'm saying? And even phrasing in that question, it's like, who would like to bless us with? People want to be a blessing. Um, so that's with the prayer and testimonies. Does that make sense? You can see how that... Another thing that you may not be aware of, like using the different terminology to say the same thing, one might strike a chord with one person that it wouldn't the others. Like for me... If you ask the question, what great thing has God done for you? Like out of all the different ways you can ask, that is my favorite personally because I resonate so much with the story of the demoniacs. And I love that promise where God is like, look, share what what he has done. Share what you know. And they, they knew so little, but they can share their experience. And I love that verse. So if you said that, it would like strike, it would ring in my, it would just resonate with my, my heart, my mind, my soul. Um, but, like, does anyone have a prayer or testimony? A lot of times our minds go blank and we're like, uh, uh, we, like, we know that it's our turn and we're put on the spot, so now we, we can't think of anything. It's like, oh, I want to, but I can't think of anything. Even during the week, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to share this. But when you ask, does anyone have a prayer and testimony? Our mind is trained to be like, I forgot. So by asking a different question, you're reaching the different types of minds and the way that they think and you're giving them a new way to resonate. And uh, someone else different than me might hear, 
Does anyone have a praise report? And some people just love praising the Lord. Like, oh, I want to praise God for. But like, you know, that's not something that like I resonate as much with, you know. So phrasing the same question worded a little differently will help you engage the audience. <laughs> okay. But if you do it too much, you're going to be talking too much and not listening. Ask a question followed by silence. And usually, the longer the silence, the more thoughtful the response. And three seconds feels like 30 minutes, but just know it was really just three seconds. It's not that bad. Um, other people are thinking, wow, I'm not giving opportunity to speak. And we as teachers are thinking, wow, they had me there for like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's good to know. And then, um, so that's as far as engagement for prayer and testimony. Now, the Bible study, this is what I would do differently. Um, one thing you've gotten a lot better at um, in the past, but you seem to be going backwards again, is uh, remember when I talked to you about like saying their, their name in the first? So if you talk to someone, keep in mind they're on a different screen, they're looking at the Bible study. They're flipping in their Bible. Then they're trying to navigate to, like, in order for you to call them, you navigate to unmute themselves. And then they got to, like, look for the mute. They're like, what's going on? This new screen. Then they click it. And then they're like, oh, okay, yes, you're talking to me. You want me to read? Okay, let me uh, figure out how I get back to the Bible study. Like, where do I go for that? And then they're looking through their phone and their brain's not working because they're pressured. And it's right in front of them, but they don't see it because they're thinking, oh, no, I'm called upon. And so then they finally click it and they're like, oh, what question were we on? I don't want to ask because I'm going to feel I'm going to feel stupid or something. And then um, so they're going through that experience. So as a facilitator, we want to make it as easy as possible for them to give an answer. I'll share what you did was. You went like you went right up until like they need to read the verse. You're like, okay, so what uh, has God's wisdom inspired? Proverbs eight twelve. Sherry, would you like to read that for us? And then Sherry's like, uh, 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 she's like, Where, where's my um? Like at home, like she's muted. She's like, how do I unmute this? What do I do? But in in their mind, like that's hard. So um, and also keep in mind that if. I, like, as a teacher, I assume that people, not necessarily that they're not paying attention, but that people can be be focused on what I'm saying, but they're making their own connections. Like, their mind might wander a little bit or go into, like, practical, like, how does this apply to me? Or, or something I say might trigger a memory or an experience that they could have climbed higher in, and the Holy Spirit's working on their heart and their mind. So they're not, like... They could quickly come back, and when God like really makes that connection, then they'll come back and catch up where they were. Uh -huh. But like I assume that people's minds are on different places. Yeah. So if I say like if I ask a question, if we're teaching, we're talking, and especially if it's the same voice, people start to tone out. They start to check out because they their their brainwave goes into like I don't know if it's alpha or beta, but they go into this. Uh, not hypnotic, but it's a slower brainwave where they're not like hyper focused and paying attention. Um, but questions snap them out of that brainwave immediately and it engages them. But when so, yeah, yes, and that's what I'm saying. So, 
so they're in that brainwave, and you've been talking for a while, and then out of blue you're like, and then, um, and then what did uh, what did Jesus say when he was over here? Mark five eighteen. Tina, can you read that for us? And then all Tina heard was wah 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 Tina, wah. Tina can you hear that for us? They're like, uh, uh, read what? I'm sorry. And then they feel like they got called out because they they weren't paying it or they were kind of, they were paying attention, but they were you know thinking about something a little different. So what's better to say is like Tina, could you read? What wisdom did I mean? What did God's wisdom inspire? Proverbs eight twelve, and then you read like that. that. That's I would really encourage that because remember when Sherry asked a question, she's like, you were talking to her. You you were saying like three four sentences, and you repeated the question. And you followed by silence, and then you waited for the answer, and that was good. That helped her. But then she's like, are you talking to me? That should be an indication. Like oh no. She would never ask that question if you front-loaded her name at the beginning of your questions and sentences. You're like, Sherry, and then you say everything you say. Uh, that would be really helpful. But here's another trick. This is powerful. So I wanted, I wanted to do that earlier this morning when I was teaching class. Is um, Diana was going to say something, but I, I was going around the room letting people take turns, but then tell Tina, be like, hey, Tina, you're, com- you're next. Just to, want, just to let you know, you're coming up next. Why? Because I know she may be multitasking. She's got a bunch of kids over there. She may be washing dishes, maybe having breakfast. She might be doing something. So it's going to take her longer to unmute herself and pay attention and whatever. So I'll say her name be like, Tina, just to let you know you're next. Okay, Diana, go ahead and share. And so that gives them that time so they can squirm and do all that. And then it's like, all right, Tina, and then ask the question, and she's re- she's prepared. She's got her finger on the unmute button. You see the difference that could do? Mm-hmm. So instead of asking a question at the end of the, I mean, instead of asking their name at the end of the, the Bible reading question, say their name, You might, and then maybe share a testimony, a hook, or like pique their curiosity, and then give them some time. That's another thing that you could do. Remember how we shared, um, how I shared recently at the sermon that, Rather than just giving the verse, share your testimony with the verse. Like, share how your life was before you understood this concept. Or share, why is this concept important to you? Or what, what, Shouldn't that be after the verse is said? Well, no. Because when you ask the question, there's that initial time for people to turn in their Bibles looking for it. So rather than just being silent like... Um, what did Jesus say you had to do in order to be his disciple? And then there's just long, uh, like just long pause. And some people get there quick and they're just waiting and waiting. They get bored and they get distracted. They're like, this is taking a while. So they start searching on doing something else. And then other people are turning and they're looking for it. And you're just silent the whole time. People need that leadership. So, Would it be good to like say... <clears throat> Diana, you're going to do this scripture, and Tina, you're going to do that no. scripture. No, Why? it's confusing. People get confused, and they're like, which one am I going to do? And another thing is like, if you're saying, Diana, you're doing this, Tina, you're doing that, Cameron, you're doing that, Sherry, you're doing that, Sherry is going to have a very difficult time. She's going to miss all those three because she's thinking the whole time, I'm the fourth, I'm the fourth, I'm the fourth. Okay, second to the fourth. 
okay, I'm the fourth. And then third to the fourth, the third person goes, I'm next, I'm next, I'm next. And so they, she missed all those blessed scriptures because you've got her focused on being the fourth person. And then she's like, wait, which one was I? They're having a different conversation going on. Okay. Um, sometimes it's better just like share the verse. Um, if you, if you want to go... Like, honestly, the purpose of the study, especially this one, is not to go through all the verses. It's to facilitate discussion. In these small groups with the Army of Youth, we are giving people the opportunity That's to express. That's what I was thinking, but nobody was talking. Yeah, I understand. I wanted people to ask questions or give examples or something. All right, so here comes my next tip. Along that line... If you want more engagement, ask better questions. There's, um, there's, there's two concepts. One is um, open-ended questions are they will they will invoke like greater discussion and more words, but it's also harder. When you're going from just like hearing a lot of talking and teaching, like a long one person talking for so long, it's harder to break that monotony or that monologue. Monologue is just one person talking, right? So it's harder to break that with uh, with an open-ended question. Because if they're used to just listening, they're in listening mode. Like literally a different brainwave. And then you ask them, a question for them to engage now they have to come up with an answer that's a total different brainwave and it's a hard transition so what you could do at first is ask them a simple question like aren't you glad that we we uh, aren't you glad that we're learning this it's like who knows someone who needs to be here or knew, needs to hear this right now and people in their mind are like yeah I do and so they're already answering like micro commitments when you get them to say yes, 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 it's easier to say yes the third time to a larger thing, which would be an open-ended question. You know, there's two types of questions. Close-ended, which is yes or no. Open-ended, which is like, what are some so what other examples of... What was that? So what do you say? Yeah, right. So one time you ask, like, what are, what are some examples of other drip systems? Like, ah, that was good for discussion. But it was just a hard transition from being one person to that broad of an open-ended question when people are used to listening for like majority of the study. So if you started with like a specific question, it's like, do you understand what a drip system is? Or um, you could ask a question like this, is a YouTube channel a drip system? And they'd be like, yeah. And then you would say yes, and you affirm it. And they're like, oh, okay. You, af you affirm their assumption. And you're like, is... A um, is a newsletter a drip system and they, they think yes and you say yes or maybe one brave soul says yes and you're like absolutely you got it and then is a small group a drip system some are like yes some say no and you just like you kind of share with them like I'm sure you're probably thinking some say yes some say no it is it is a, a drip system so now people are feeling more comfortable and you're like what are some other examples of a drip system yeah. Then people would be, they'd be shouting out different stuff. You see how that that the order that you ask the questions makes a difference. Yeah. 
So that's one concept. But another concept with engagement during the study, the Bible reading part, is when you ask a Bible verse like, um, what, um, like, how do we know that God loves us? John 3.16. It's like, God, and then someone reads it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And you did good. You repeated the question. That was, that was solid. You did that several times. You're like, okay, Sherry, so how do we know that God loves us? And they're like, oh, because he gave his only begotten son. And you're like, okay, good, yes. Here's the discussion part. You ready for it? Don't go to the next question. Linger there a little bit and say, what does it mean that whosoever believeth in him should not perish? What does it mean to perish? Or what does God mean by perishing? You see, like that opens up more discussion. It might be on a slightly different direction, but it's like... Or you could ask, like, what are the two options? People could say eternal life or perishing. See what I'm saying? Like the verse that we said, that God puts the isolated in families, or he puts a solitary in families, and then contrasts it with the dry ground, the dry land. So there's two things that you can emphasize in that verse where the answer to the question is like, what does God say, or I forgot the question, it was like, what does God contrast the opposite of dry grounds? And the answer is families. So that's the answer and you can move on to the next question, but I discourage it. If you want discussion, The real discussion, the discussion goals, is when you dig deeper with a follow-up question. And you say, what does that mean to put the solitary in families? How, like the difference between open and closed, the closed-ended question is, is the small groups an example of how God puts solitary in families? That's closed-ended. It's yes or no. But if you want to make it open-ended for discussion, you say, how is um, these small groups an example of God putting the solitary in families? You see how much more open open that would be? Mm -hmm. That's pretty powerful, right? Yeah. So those are, those are some of the suggestions. Um, one other one. There's a few times where you'd ask, like, would anybody like to, oh, w would anybody like to pray? Anybody? Anybody? No one wants to pray? I'll pray. Right? And, and I know that feeling, and I've done that several times, too. And it's like, oh, man, I just, like, I just gave people an opportunity to pray. And then it's like, we're, we're just getting started. We're starting off on a wrong, like, a bad foot. And it's like, man, this, that, this whole thing might be kind of difficult. And then, like, there's all sorts of different things that go through, at least my mind, um, in times like that. But I've learned how to not have that happen anymore. You want to know how to stop that from ever happening again? Call somebody and pray. Yeah, just say their name. And sometimes, like, like that happened to me today, tonight, for family worship, right? I was like, Sherry, can you pray for us? And then 
did you notice how long I waited for the silence? Because I, I figured she might have a microphone. You said you might be muted, and that's good for some people, and that's good. There's never, I don't think, wrong to say that. Um, but she still didn't answer. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, but rather than praying, I could pray, and that's not a problem. But then I called upon you. I'm like, hey, would you be able to pray for us? And I, I look, I look who would have the least resistance to praying right now? would have the least resistance to have that opportunity and so I, I thought that I, I look at people when I ask people to pray I look at what is their facial expression what is their emotional state where are they in their mind like do they look perplexed and angry or, or like do they look hurt and afraid or do they look downcast and discouraged or like I like to call upon people they're like praise God we got family worship it's like I'm so excited to be here and I'm like, man, that person needs to set the tone for the family worship. Can you pray for us? Like their prayer is going to be answered and it's going to be powerful and it's going to have an effect on anyone who's going through a harder time right now. So I look for people like that to, to be the voice because what's ever speaking is influencing. And what kind of influence do we want on, on our group? Yeah, encouraging, uplifting, strengthening. Yeah, so... Who you choose and how you choose, how you lead as a leader, we set the tone for the group. Um, that those are those are some of my te- uh, suggestions. Do you have any questions for me? No. Did that help? Mm-hmm. What do you see? What do you think that helped you the most? What do you see out of what we talked about was the most helpful? See, I'm thinking the longer the silence and more thoughtful the response. I, I was thinking that uh, I, I know about the open-ended and the closed-ended questions, but I didn't think to use that. And that's good. I think that'll help a lot. To use it like what? To um, ask open-ended questions so that people... And asking an open-ended question gives you a reason to sit there longer, too. Yes. Yeah. That The open-ended questions... Is how we can do twenty percent of talking, and they'll and and we can do eighty percent of listening. I like asking another question after a follow-up question. Interrogation. Did you feel like I was interrogating? No. Oh. Well, <laughs> Does this remind you of interrogating? You, you know, I, I like interrogating too. You know how to make it where it doesn't feel like an interrogation? Listen, like ask a question, then relate briefly, very briefly relate. You're like, you know, thank you so much for sharing. That makes, like someone says, I don't understand what's going on. Like, or, I don't know, like, like Jolene or something. I was talking to her, it's like, so which faculty should be the strongest? And, I, and she was asked, she's like, uh, and she just read like mindlessly read and I could tell it she wasn't really like getting it like she read the answer but it didn't click in her mind so I was like okay so then what is the answer and you could see she, it was I'm glad she was on it she's like I don't understand it's like instead of telling her like she's wrong she did it she's off I was like don't worry 
it was a trick question. There is no faculty that should be stronger than the other. They should have equal strength. And I assured her, you answered the right question, answer. You, d you said it right. But um, I, and, and uh, but like the follow-up question was kind of like, don't worry, it's tricky. It was already, it was kind of like, it was, it was a harder one. So to help them to have a way out, a way of escape. But um, when someone says like, I struggle with, uh, I was like, I really struggle with remembering these verses or finding these verses. Like when people are like flipping through their Bible and they're slow, I'm like, don't worry, I was so slow when I first started. That was hard. Um, but you know, then I learned, see that was before and after. Then I learned all the T's in the New Testament are together. All the Ians in the Bible, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, all those are together. And then those were, that really helped me. So it's listen, relate, tell stories, and just asking the question followed by relating and then ask another follow-up question that makes it easy so you don't sound like you're interrogating. And another really good way to not sound like an interrogation is when you ask a question and you listen. But if you ask a question and you don't wait, and you just ask like five questions in a row, that that Check sounds out. that sounds yeah. <laughs> Where were you on the night of April thirteenth? Who were you with? Be honest. What happened? Is this the oh, vehicle that you drive? Mm -hmm. How long have you had a driver's license? Does your mama know you're out? <laughs> yeah, it's like. Um, your license says you're 15. Is that true? And then asking, are you guilty? And and then <laughs> they like to do those double questions. So if you answer honestly to one, it incriminates you for the second. Yeah. It's like what? Um, but yeah, that's a that's a different way of asking questions. Asking questions is powerful. This is a tool of influence. We can influence people for Jesus. This is Amen. this is a blessing. Um, I love to see the growth that you're doing with the small groups. It's exciting to see how you're leading out. You're conquering. You're making progress. You're inspiring others to take action. They see it like, like if you can do it, I can too. And people are stepping up to be small group leaders. It's exciting. Praise the Lord. You feel like you're more equipped for, um, for next time? Praise the Lord.